Welcome to Redeemer's Church Weekly Message Podcast, where our mission is simple. We're a church that is passionate about loving God and loving people. And now, we hope you enjoy this week's message by Pastor Dwight Bennett. I don't know about you, but I absolutely love Independence Day. I love the 4th of July. I love everything that it stands for. And I thought about this a lot. You know, what we have done in this celebration is we left England for our independence so that we could be totally dependent upon God. How cool is that, that you, you, you get independence from somebody who's holding you back and then you give your complete dependence to a God who's able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ever imagine. And I know what people say, oh, well, Pastor America's turned from God. No, we haven't. Have you? Don't, don't buy those lies. Don't buy that lie. God is still in control. He's still in charge. He loves America because America is a blessing to countries and nations around the world. And so let's keep praying for this great nation so that it can accomplish everything that God set out for us to accomplish as a nation. Today I'm going to start something that as I was preparing it this week, I said, Dwight, you got about six messages here. And just because you haven't preached in four weeks, you cannot preach six messages because nobody's going to get anything out of it today. And so this is going to be the first message of the series that I will preach in September. And so uh, we're going to talk today and we're gonna, I'm going to ask the question, does God still speak? Does God still speak? I mean, I think that's a good question, don't you? I mean, I think a lot of people wonder, does God still speak? And, and I can assure you beyond a shadow of a doubt that God still speaks. Somebody look at your neighbor and tell him God still speaks. God speaks to us. Why does he speak? He speaks to us so, uh, or because he loves us and he wants to assure that. He speaks to us because he's relational. And it's amazing how when I be, when every time I dig into this and research this topic, it always amaze me, amazes me how God takes something so amazingly supernatural and makes it totally natural. He makes it just like uh, uh, we can understand it. He makes it so that uh, it's just as easy for us to comprehend and grasp the idea of not only who he is, but all the supernatural things, the miracles and all of the things that God does in and through us. And he makes those things that are so amazing seem just so natural. And so one day... I was in my devotions, and I love reading from uh, the book of Joshua. So turn with me, if you would, to Joshua. We're going to start there today. And before we start, I want to pray. Father, I thank you for every person assembled here today. I thank you, God, for your goodness and your grace. I thank you, God, that, and I know this, that as we worshipped you today, and that worship went before you like a fragrance before your throne... I know that your heart was touched, that your your attention was captured. And I know, Father, that you inhabit the praise of your people because your word makes it perfectly clear. And I'm so thankful today 
that as I'm speaking to you right now, that I know that you speak to me in this same fashion so many different times and in so many different ways. And Father, I am blessed today because we know the answer to the question, Does, do you still speak? We know that is yes. And so Father, I pray today that for all of us here at Redeemers, everyone watching us online, that this would be a revelatory message series that would just open up people to the natural side of the supernatural things that you do in and through our lives. And so, Father, today, as I bring forth this message, I pray that you speak through me, that anything that I would want to say to deviate from what you once said would be silenced. And, Father, that your Holy Spirit would have free reign to speak through my mouth today the things that we all need to hear. And so, Father, I thank and praise you. I glorify your name. And it's in the precious and powerful name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, I love that uh, in my prayer time that I've added something. And when I always pray and say, in the name of Jesus, I've been adding in the name of my friend, Jesus, because he is my friend. And what an amazing thing. How many of y'all are glad that, you know, we got many friends, but to say Jesus is your friend? Come on now. It doesn't get any better. Amen. Does it not get any better than having Jesus as your friend? Well, I think that Jesus being my friend is something that I cherish very much. But one day in my devotions, I began to read from Joshua 1. And so when it opened up, it said, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to, to Joshua. And then, you know, my 12-year-old self kicked in after that because it says Joshua is the son of Nun. And it's like, oh, he's nobody's son. Joshua's nobody's son. And I got a chuckle out of that, but I know it's N-U-N. It's, he's the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. And this is what the Lord said. He actually said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all the people, to the land which I'm giving them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon... I will, it will be given to you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites and the great sea toward the going down of the sun, that territory shall be your territory. What an amazing message that God is speaking to Joshua. And I'm, I'm telling you, when God speaks to Joshua like that, something rose up in Joshua. There was a great confidence that came in Joshua. And as we see all through the book of Joshua, that confidence not only was what he uh, derived, everything that he did, but everything he told his people, that confidence that he had was their confidence as well. You see, when God speaks... He does something into the heart of the person that, or the people that he's speaking to that builds a confidence and a faith. That our faith is, is uh, increased as we hear the voice of God. And we know that uh, he goes on to say, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. 
Now, when God speaks something like that to you, you have to envision, I'm sure Joshua, he didn't know Teflon or he didn't know invisible things, but there was something that was surrounding Joshua because God said, everybody said God said. And when God says something, not only can you take it to the bank, but you can wrap your arms around it. You can build your faith upon it. You can trust it uh, more than you can trust what your husband says, what your wife says, what your children say, because in God, there is no way that he ever goes back against what he says. And so when, when, you, when Joshua hears that no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, God is beginning to prepare him for what his destiny is. And when God speaks, it's always words of destiny. It's always words where it's going to lead you. There's always words that are going to be clues or, or, or corner pieces to your puzzle or inspiration to where you're already headed so that you can have the strength to continue to go to the ultimate place where God would lead you to. So when he says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, he says this, as I was with Moses... So I will be with you. He says, I will not leave or forsake you. Isn't it interesting that what he shares with Joshua is what Joshua has already been a part of. He's watched Moses part the Red Sea. He's watched Moses lead millions of, of Israelites out of captive uh, through the wilderness into this place where now Joshua is standing as the new leader. The baton of leadership for all the Israelites has been passed now to Joshua's hands. And the God of the universe is saying to him, in the same way that I was with the person who led you before and that you served, now you are going to be the leader and I am going to walk with you in the same fashion that I walked with Moses. What an amazing encouragement. And when we read things like this in the word, you have to read them with a personal flair to them. Because this same God who is telling Joshua that I was with Moses and I'm now with you and I'm going to lead you in that same capacity is the same God that as he leads you as individuals, he leads you, he guides you, he'll never leave or forsake you and you can take it to the bank that everything that God shares with you is alive and well in the kingdom of God. Now, why do I say this to you? Because when you are in the midst of squirrely situations, you have to understand when you're in the midst where societal things look like they're all mixed up and messed up and, and, and they need to be straightened up, you have to understand that you are sojourners passing through this environment and the God who loves you and speaks to you has already prepared for you something so amazing that you don't have to be entangled in the affairs of the earth because we live in a kingdom of peace and purpose and prosperity and we are God's people and he protects us every day of our lives. God is good. He is good. He is good. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave or forsake you. He says to Joshua, be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide an inheritance, the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. 
only, he, re, he re, re, uh, uh, says again, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do all according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Why? Because God speaks to us through the word. He speaks to us through the word. And he wanted Joshua to meditate day and night on the book of the law, day and night, because inside those pages are the words that God himself spoke through the Holy Spirit to be inspired to be on pages so that they could be an inspiration for us. That what God speaks to us when we continue to meditate upon his, his word day and night, then we have the faith to continue to do what God has led us into. Amen? The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. How many of you want to be successful? Meditate on the word day and night. That's what God just said to Joshua to do so that he would have this good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. I say, what if I'm Joshua about right now? When God has said this multiple times like that, I'm thinking to myself, what have I got myself into? You know, I mean, I, I got I to be uh, uh, strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And then verse 10 says this, Then Joshua commanded the, uh, the officers of the people saying, boom, he starts to give instruction now. Because what? He has been with God. God has spoken to him. And now his mission is going to take place. And so now Joshua, after God has spoken to him, can stand up and he can now speak to the people and lead them in the way that they would need to go to have the success and to be prosperous in all that they do. It's amazing that when God speaks and we move, great things happen. When God speaks and we move, great things happen. Amen? So God is not only able to do exceedingly more than we can ever imagine, but he does that with exceeding grace as he leads us along the pathway. So when I read that, I thought to myself, remember, this began in my devotions. If God speaks to Joshua, who else has he spoken to? Well, and then I just began to look through and every place I looked and then God said, and then God said, and then God said to Isaiah, and then God said to Abram, and then God said to Abraham, and then God said to Moses, and then God said to Dwight, and then God said to Tammy, and then God said to Millie, and then God said to Betty. See, I realized how natural this whole thing of God speaking to us should be. But yet, it's one of those supernatural things that if you don't understand it or can't chew on it for yourself, then you just try to eliminate it from what you, what you think in, in our natural existence. But God does not want us to do that. He wants to speak to us in a powerful way. The Bible says in Jeremiah 7.23, he actually says in Jeremiah 7.23, but this is what I commanded them saying, obey my voice and I will be your God 
and you shall be my people. If God's going to stop speaking, how can he do that? Because he says he commanded them way back in, in the time of Jeremiah. I'm sorry, I said Joshua, but way back in, in through Jeremiah, he said to them, obey my voice. So uh, we can't obey a voice that we can't hear, right? We can't uh, obey something that uh, uh, we don't know if it exists. But the, the word is, is never changing. He says, obey my voice and you shall be my people and walk in the ways that I have commanded you that it may be well with you. The part of everything being well with us is being led by the voice of God. Turn with me, if you would, to John and let's look at chapter 10. And, and Maddie, I'm going to start in verse 1 in there. Start in verse 1. I think one of the, the highlights of, of my life as a believer has definitely been the times that God has captured my focus, captured my attention, and then he has taken the time to speak directly to me. It's an amazing time to, um, to just um, sink your teeth into just how amazing God is. Now listen, in, in John chapter 10, verse 1, it says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens. And listen to this. And the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him. Why? For they know his voice. Who are, we, who, who are you following? Whose voice is speaking to you that is creating the direction that you take in life? Jesus says that uh, he is, he's the shepherd and that we are his sheep. He's saying that the shepherd loves his sheep. And so in order to lead them, he speaks to them. He speaks to them. And he says that the sheep willingly follow because why? They know that voice. You know, invariably in our house, Tammy might be in the kitchen and I might be back in my office on total opposite ends of the house. But when I hear that, Dwight, Dwight, I know that my, my wife is calling and that means that I need to get up out of my chair, go down the hallway, say, what, baby, what do you need, you know, because she's calling out to my name, so she must need something. But I know her voice. If it was, if it was somebody else in my kitchen, I would probably go to my lockbox and get my, uh, my uh, uh, little helper and I would go into the kitchen prepared for that stranger's voice because I don't know who that voice is. And so if somebody is in my house, listen to me, and I don't know their voice, that's a problem. And I need to have the ability to discern who is speaking to me. Who is speaking to me? What are they saying? How does this align with what I know and who I am? And when it's my own personal dwelling place, I know that I should hear the voice of my wife or the voice of my children or the voice of my grandchildren or the voice of my friends. 
Those are the voices that I should hear inside of my house, right? And so if I hear another voice that's inside of my house that does not sound like any of those voices, I have a problem. How do I know that? Because you discern that. You know that. There's something in you that knows when something's not right. And this is the same way when we talk about finding that place where you hear the voice of the Lord. When he speaks, you will know what he speaks. When he says something to you, you will want to follow that because he is not only your shepherd, but he's a good shepherd. Amen. And so it says, uh, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. They know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him. For they do not know the voice of strangers. Listen, when we come into the kingdom of God, we serve one king, and that king loves to speak to his people. And we need to know that if any other voice comes into this space of your spirit, your spirit, soul, or body and begins to direct you in a place where that king is, is not leading you, then you have to have a check in your spirit. You have to have a discerning heart to know who's speaking to you. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Why? Because they weren't his sheep. They weren't in his flock. Turn with me. Let's look. Uh, let's continue on in John chapter 10. Let's look in verse 22. This conversation continues. And this is, this is really important. So now in uh, verse 22, it says, Now it was the feast of dedication in Jer Jerusalem, and it was winter. And Jesus walked into the temple in Solomon's porch. Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Listen, we're in John chapter 10. If they haven't got it by now that Jesus is who he is, they're probably not going to get it after this. And they were... They were asking him these questions, not because they were wanting to, to know his voice as, as the sheep. They were asking him these questions to try to trip him up because they were not his sheep. They were not his sheep. How many times do you hear messages in society today that are counter to what are biblical... How many of y'all know you need to have a biblical worldview right now? Amen? You need to know exactly what you believe right now. More than ever before, you need to know what you believe on all the topical things that are spoken about in society. Because if you don't, then and, and you don't align yourself with your worldview according to this, then you're listening to voices that are not a voice of God, and you are becoming a sheep that is going to be led out for the slaughter. When you walk outside of the precepts of God, you are outside of the umbrella of his protection. And when you get outside here, that's where the enemy wants you. Because why? He can pick you off. 
He can pick you off. He can separate you from the pack and he can get you out here all by yourself. And then he's able to do with you as he pleases. So when we take an idea of who God is and Jesus and what his voice is, we have to realize and have no doubt about whose we are and what he wants us to do in our lives. Listen to verse 25. And Jesus answered them, and he said, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe, because you are not of my sheep, as I've said to you. Uh, that's a pretty brutal thing that Jesus is saying to them. Although they don't understand it, they don't get it, they, they, they think that they still have some higher form of control over not only people but their own lives than the actual Son of Man even has. They are in a dangerous position because it's one thing to wonder if you're not one of God's sheep, but it's another thing when Jesus point blank tells you, you don't know this, you don't believe. Why? Because you're not my sheep. That was the time for them to fall at his feet and beg forgiveness and ask that they could come into the sheepfold. But no, that wasn't their intention. And when I say to you that you need to know exactly and precisely what you believe and what your worldview is, if it's not based on a biblical perception of every single issue, every, not half the issues, not the issues that you want to work for you, but every single societal issue, when you don't have a biblical worldview, it leads you outside of the pasture, outside of the place of protection. And that's where the enemy wants to pick you off and deceive you. Why do you think that in our educational system, they want to take five-year-olds, six-year-olds, and seven-year-olds, and they want to indoctrinate them in ways of homosexuality things so that uh, uh, they can teach them and train these things into them. Five, six, and seven years old. Why? Because they're creating their worldview. The educational system is trying to create their worldview. But the reality is this, that is not what God says. That is not what God says. And so now you have to, you have to since we opened up this can of worms, how do we walk in it? Simply, easily, because God calls us to love people. He doesn't call us to change them, to trick them. He calls us to love them. And then as we love them, the Holy Spirit begins to do a work in them. Do you realize that broken people do what they do because somebody broke them? And only God can fix certain things. But if your worldview is, is that you're going to get around a, a group of, of, of homosexuals and you're going to condemn them to hell, you're going to hell. That's why they don't like you in the first place. And that's not God. God is a God of love and compassion. And if you, you got to build a compassion for people who aren't like you and, and they're outside of the sheepfold. Oh, guys, listen to me. The voice of God does not teach five and six and seven year olds that there's a possibility that they could be homosexual. That, that's not God's voice. That's not God's way. 
And I know some of you are in here thinking, well, pastor, that's not very compassionate. And, you know, uh, we just had the pride parade. And, and did you miss it? Did you not go? And the answer is yes, I missed it. And no, I did not go. Okay, so if you wonder, you're asking me that question. But, but it's, not, not, it, 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 it's, it's not compassionate to not speak the truth and love to people. That's what's not compassionate. And so when we form a biblical worldview, that's one of a hundred topics that we could talk about. How many of you would agree with me today that if we're going to walk through this society in, in the boldness of who Jesus Christ is, that we better figure out the biblical answer to what we're being inundated with? And so if you've never heard that term before, having a biblical worldview means that you see everything in life through what God has shared with us in the scripture, what God speaks to us in all the ways that he speaks to us. Now listen to me. It says here that Jesus said, I told you and you do not believe the works that I do in my father's name, they bear witness of me, but you don't believe because you're not one of my sheep. As I said to you, listen what he says again in verse 27, my sheep hear my voice. And listen what else he says. I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. How many of you could say today that you are thankful that you are one of Jesus' sheep and he knows you? You are a child of God and he knows you. He knows you. What an amazing thing that the God of the universe, he knows you. He knows you. Betty, I'm going to chase a rabbit here. When Pastor Rick was talking about remembering to breathe, Betty and I just had a conversation that neither one of us can remember hardly anything anymore because our minds are so full, I had to crack up. I thought of our conversation when Rick said, thank God that God, he doesn't need to remind us to breathe. Hallelujah. We don't forget those things. Don't take it for granted, folks. Now, this is what he, he also says in verse 28. He says, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone, what? Snatch them out of my hands. Biblical world view. When you operate your life under the, the premise of what this Bible says, nobody's going to snatch you. You're not going to be outside the pen where the wolves can, can come after you. We have neighbors that have multiple farm animals. And the other day, uh, a raccoon got in and killed four of their chickens. He, he got into the place and snatched them up. He, that's, that's a great picture of what the enemy loves to do. He loves to get inside your life and then get you outside of the protection of God and then devour you. Because the enemy comes to steal and to kill and destroy. But what does Jesus come to do? Can you recite it for me? He comes to what? Give us life and life abundantly. And that's why we need to know his voice. That's why we need to know what he's saying, what direction we should go, the things that we should put our hands to because it makes life a whole lot better. Verse 29, my father who has given them to me is greater than all. This is so awesome. He says it again. And no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. 
and I and my Father are one. He's saying to them, let me be clear in case there's any kind of misunderstanding. Because they know of God. They knew that Jesus would come one day, someday, but they couldn't grasp the concept that he was there right now. He and the Father are one. He protects and watch over, watches over his sheep. His sheep know him because they know his voice. And when he speaks, he doesn't have to look back and wonder if the people of God are following him because he knows them. He said that I know them. And if I speak, they follow me. Nobody can snatch them out of my control because nobody has the power to do that. Once you're in the sheepfold listening to his voice, he's never going to lead you into a place where disaster is going to befall you. Isn't this amazing when you think about how supernatural it is to hear God's voice, but yet how simple it is when you kind of start to wrap it all into one big package, that he is the king, we are his people, the king speaks, the people follow the king. There's only one leader in our kingdom. Amen? Amen. Isn't isn't it beautiful how simple it is? But yet so supernatural. So supernatural. Several years ago, I woke up. uh, Well, before I even want to say that, uh, before I go into that, I want to say this. The first time God spoke to me, I didn't even know him. I didn't, I didn't even know who he was. And I've heard this from so many different people. That, you know, God had spoke to them even before they knew him. How many of you realize that one of the ways that God speaks is through dreams? And I'm not going to get into that. But one of the ways he speaks is through dreams. And one of the things he does is he likes to go to Muslims in the night speak to them through their dreams and reveal himself to them that there's no doubt they can't deny that anymore and then they come to know Jesus Christ as their personal savior. How amazing is that? That even before I even knew him, he spoke to me. And it was in a time that I was not doing what I was supposed to do. I'll just put it at that. I was doing the do that people who don't know him do. And I was doing it good. But he came and spoke to me. Even in the midst of that situation, he came. And two weeks after that, doing the do, doing it good, doing it like I always did, he spoke to me again. And the second time he spoke, first time I thought I was losing my mind. The second time I was like uh, Samuel and I said, is that you, Lord? Is that you? And I knew it was God. And when it came time to stop doing what I did so well, it was easy to do it because he said, I have something more for you than this. And so when when I looked back on the do and I said, I ain't doing that no more. I'm going to do the thing with him. I've never once looked back and regretted it. Never once have I regretted it. And when I first got saved, I used to say this. I used to say there is no high like the most high. There is no feeling, no drug, no alcohol, no nothing that can give you that feeling when you're in that place like we were at in worship today, that you get intoxicated on the Spirit of God. You get touched to that deepest place in your your heart. And then when God continues to speak to you, it just solidifies it. And it just just makes you want to fall in love with Him even more. How many of y'all would just say, 
you can say without a shadow of a doubt, you say, Pastor, I am in love with Jesus. Amen? And I want to tell you back as his representative, he is in love with you. And that's why he wants to speak with you. I want to just end this part of my message because I thought I would get much further. So it's probably going to be a whopper of a, uh, where's Caleb? Is he up there? Probably be like a nine part series in the fall, Caleb, okay? <laughs> you know what's interesting is you have uh, a couple pastors that would want to preach 52 weeks out of the year. And they gracefully get all the way for each other. But I ain't going to lie to you. I wanted to preach last month. Okay, so I'm just going to put that on record. So several years ago, I, I was in bed, sleep, sleep like a, a log, woke up, looked over at my clock, 234. I'm the rain man. Ah, yeah, 234 numbers. Uh, Tammy's phone number was 866-1169 when she was a teenager. I can, I'm a 609 I can go through all those numbers. I'm the rain man. And so why is that important? Because I fell back to sleep, and the next night, I woke up again. And it was 2.34 on my clock. So, you know, I didn't think of it, but God was trying to get a hold of the rain man. So the next night, the same thing happened. I woke up, and I looked at the clock, and it said 2.34. And that time, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is too uncanny. This is, can't be just happenstance. This just didn't... It, and, and I said, God, are you trying to speak to me? And he said, yes. And so I got out of bed. I went downstairs. I prepared a little sanctuary. I put on some worship music. I lit candles. I mean, this was like I went, I went full out to, to welcome in the, the presence of God. And the amazing thing was, is about a half hour in to that time of just worshiping him and and speaking to him uh, he began to reveal to me several significant things several th significant things that I was dealing with at the current moment and several things that were going to be ahead of me that he was uh, 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 preparing a, a pathway where I wouldn't fall into the potholes he was showing me things that were going to be ahead so he could prepare me so that I wouldn't trip and fall and stumble along the way and so I thought about that, and as I began uh, to meditate on that. Number first thing is I was totally blown away that in the middle of the night, two, three, four, three different times, that God was trying to get my attention. And I said to God, I said to him, I said, Lord, why did you wake me up at 2.34, three nights in a row? And he said, when else would you have slowed down enough to let me speak to you? When else you wake up with your hair on fire, your ears pinned back, you go a thousand miles an hour at, from 6 a.m. till midnight, I've been knocking on your door for three days because I had the answers to the things that you're trying to do busily and I, I have the, the, the wherewithal to show you what not to do in the future. But you were too busy. When else was I going to capture your attention? So I let you sleep a little bit, and then I woke you up because I know there was nowhere for you to go. There was nobody for you to text, nobody for you to email, nobody for you to call, nobody for you to hang out with. So if it was 2.34 in the morning, I'll wake you up, and it'll just be you and me. Just you and me. And I had a mixed feeling 
of feeling so totally blown away that the God of the universe would take the, would th go after me three days in a row. He wouldn't let up. He, he, was, he was unrelenting. He, he just kept going after me. And then the next feeling I felt was I felt so terrible that I had put myself in a place to where I thought my activities were so important that I couldn't squeeze God into the midst of my day. But I know this, when God wants to get a hold of us, he'll get a hold of us. He'll knock on the door of our hearts until we stop and listen. When is the last time that you just woke up in the morning and before you took a step, you said, Father, I love you. I need to hear your voice. I want you to guide me through this day as opposed to going to bed and saying, oh God, this day was horrible. Well, why didn't you say something? Why didn't you do something? You know, now I lay me down to sleep type thing and I, because the day wore me out. Maybe, just maybe, if we would listen to his voice at the very beginning, he would show us the potholes to avoid. He would give us the people that we're supposed to connect with. He would direct us on his pathways and he would bring us into that place to when we laid our head down. That instead of saying, oh God, we would say, thank you, God, for everything that you led me into today and that you took the time to speak to me. Would you all stand with me today? Man, I was way more excited than I even thought I could be excited for to, to talk about this message. And I haven't even scratched the surface on it. Not even, not even remotely close. Not even a little bit. Father, you are so good to us. And even when Pastor Rick was, was saying that he didn't have to remember to breathe... We can lay our heads down, close our eyes, and sleep in peace because we know that you love us so much you wouldn't allow us to stop breathing. That you just, you're just there. You're always there. You're always with us. What an honor it is to be called a child of the Most High God. You're amazing. We love you. We love you with all of our hearts. And I'm so glad, Lord, that that. Not only do you watch over us, but you lead us. Not only do you lead us, but you speak to us. And Father, I just thank you that in September when we dig into this, that we can see the ten ways that you clearly speak to us. And Father, that we can learn to walk and follow the voice of our shepherd. Who, as he spoke to Joshua said, I got this, be of good courage, be of good cheer, meditate day and night, and night and day on the things that you've shown us. So Father, today as we go, I just ask, Father, that our body would be super sensitive to hear the voice of the Lord, and that, Father, that you would give us that biblical worldview that doesn't allow us to step outside of the sheepfold, but we would stay under the umbrella of your protection 
each and every day of our life. And Father, today we just give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great celebration time over the next couple of days. Go to a parade. Stand when the flag comes by in honor of our veterans and be a blessing to everyone around you. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. We hope you were challenged, encouraged, and inspired as you listened to this teaching from God's Word. For more messages or information about our church, please go to www.redeemers.life.